that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great From the moment you're a small bambino You eat pizza, you drink vino Then they make you roly-poly You get stuffed with ravioli If your mama's a paisano You will have the world on a plate So see that you're born in Italiano And your life will be great Hey there, Paisani. Welcome back to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I'm your host, John Viola, and it is my annual October joy to wish everybody a happy Italian American Heritage Month. We are finally in October. What a time to be Italian American. I love October and the opportunity to scream all month about how proud I am of our heritage. And uh, I'm joined today by two of my best friends, the notorious POB, the Italian American Wikipedia, Pat O'Boyle, and Mullity Body's own. From Cooking with Nona, Ms. Rosella Rago. Guys, good to be together. Happy Italian American Heritage Month. Happy Italian American Heritage Month is right. And I'm so excited that our guest today has a connection to uh, my family's hometown. Yes, we have an honorary Molays coming on in a few minutes. How does one become an honorary Molays as opposed to a bona fide Molays? <laughs> is it different levels? So, I mean, I would imagine you're either Molays or you're not. It's in our DNA, the cheapness, you know, the uh, rage and stuff. It, it's uh, you're never really happy for other people. It's just it's something it's 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 like a personality disorder to be Molays. Wow. That's going to get you big points at the Malaysia Club. Uh, one of the many, the eight Malaysia Club. <laughs> they know. It's not like they don't know. They're, we say it before anyone else says it. Ro and I share an affinity for a certain TV show called The Golden Girls. And sometimes when you describe Mola, I think of uh, Rose describing St. Olaf. Like, this must be fictitious town. Now, can I disagree with that? And I'll tell you why. Yeah. Rose and Island always painted St. Olaf in very positive colors. That's true. That's not Rose. No, but it's the idea that it might not really exist outside of somebody's stories about it is what I'm kind of comparing it to. I always, Mola, uh, you know, that has got the, its own life and culture and everything. It's just this little, like, it's the same as when you talk about San Mango, Pat, you know? These towns have their own culture. They're like little countries. But I think the reason why Ro and I have those conversations is because we have a community here that mirrors the community there. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's the difference that you, and we have a community with an organization that um, parallels and Mola being the size it is, it necessitates multiple organizations. Well, our associate producer, who's also on the line but hasn't uh, chimed in yet, Stephanie Longo, is also a member of a an expat community uh, from Guardia Lombardi. And we were just talking today about Stephanie's upcoming project, again, appropriate for Italian American Heritage Month. She is searching for a home there. Steph, how's that going? Because you were saying to me there's more Guardiers in Scranton or Dunmore, where you live, yep. than there are in Guardia, right? Yeah, it's true. So there's more Guardiers here than in Guardia because they all came over. Um, at its peak, Guardia had about 5,300 residents, but now it's actually just under 1,000. And the houses are available there, and I found the perfect place, and now we're working to make that happen, and I cannot wait. I'm looking forward to a Guardia's adventure. It's going to be exciting. 
you know, the town that my great-grandfather comes from, the Viola line in Basilicata called Latronico, has been noted for the past couple of months because they're not doing the one Euro homes thing. They're doing like a an English language, aggressively marketed website to sell derelict properties in the town at a reasonable rate. You know, not they're not astronomical, but CNN picked up on their project and they've covered them twice at this point. And Pat, over the years through colleagues, introduced me to the mayor of that town and Fausto, the mayor, who's become a friend of ours, I've reached out to Pat to tell me that at some point they think my ancestral home may come up for sale. So we may all be doing the same kind of project going forward pretty soon, returning to our roots in these ancestral towns. And it's a great segue into today's topic, because today we have a guest who's an actor, director, filmmaker, and uh, has taken the idea of returning to the ancestral town to a whole other level. So I want to welcome Michael Cavalletti. He's coming in from Los Angeles, but he has recently returned to the U.S. from an island that means a great deal to me and many of us, La Bella Sigilia. So, Michael, welcome to the Italian American Podcast. Uh, thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here. And I love hearing all your stories, by the way. It's oh, great. Well, that's, that's what we do. <laughs> we're never at a loss for conversation. That's absolutely right. Yep, we're never at a loss for conversation. Yeah. Pat, you have a nice accent there. Where are you from? Bronx, Brooklyn, where, where's the accent from? Why do you always assume it's a 718 accent? <laughs> you're, just, you're just gonna blow his top. I mean, I don't have to assume it's there. I do not, for your information, have a 718 accent. What do you got? I have a 201 accent. Jersey? <laughs> I am from Jersey. Where are you? Are you from California? I'm from the Bronx, New York, my friend. Oh, all right. But you know, we exist too. Jersey, no, I, un- unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, I realize that you do exist in New Jersey. We're, we're like, we're like your sedate land. You just <laughs> roll over us. We are here. I know. Well, Pat, most of the shows that I would never watch take place in New Jersey. And we know what we're talking about, right? <laughs> we know that show. That's right. But they're not really Italian, Pat. I don't know what they are, but they're not Italian. I can tell you that. That's such a deep. I would love to do a series just on The Sopranos. Well, it's the truth. But I think, but. It, it's the Sopranos is so multi-textual because you could really do a movie about the man who made the movie. Yeah, you could. I was on the show. Oh, you on the show? Yeah, I was on the show. So anyway, my point being what I was trying to say, Pat, not about the Sopranos so much. It was about the way the perception of Italian Americans are represented in certain shows, not necessarily Sopranos, but other shows possibly that somebody's reality shows or somebody's shows about these Italian. Oh, they're horrific. Yeah. Yeah, that was my point. That's an embarrassment. My counter argument is all the embarrassing things is what they need to sell the Amerigan people on watching it. Absolutely. But if you take um, the show that we won't mention and um, let's say The Godfather. See? The interesting dynamic, it's like um, Anne Bancroft and Dom DeLuise and Fatso. It's the family dynamic. That's what we get into. The functional, dysfunctional Italian family dynamic. That's what I feel is. I agree with you a thousand percent, but the problem with Italian Americans is they run with the, the stuff that's not the important stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm a mafioso, I'm this, I'm that. And that that's like a heroic figure to these people. And I can tell you for sure, that's not what it's about. For sure. So I think that show that shall not be mentioned, uh, first <laughs> of all, as, because Michael, I don't know if you know that, but back in the day when I was a little kid, I started out as an actor and my first job ever was season one of that show. And I was 11 years old and I had no, you know, concept of, I don't think I'd ever seen The Godfather in its full length by then because my mother was a theater actress. 
And, you know, she had tremendous respect for the craft and she had no idea what the show was about either. Right. And then as I got older, you know, I appeared on the show many different times. My nonna was a day player on, on that show, you know, established family member. And when I started to watch it, I think for Italian-American actors, it's kind of a job for us to compartmentalize what, you know, people perceive to be true about the show and separate out the art involved in making a show like that. And as I got older, I started to really have the, uh, you know, to, to really understand where David Chase was going with this project. Mm -hmm. You have to admire the brilliance in the writing, in the casting, in, in every tiny detail that he thought of. When people ask me about it, it's like, I, I don't have a problem with the art that they made. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. David Chase is brilliant. Uh, James Gandolfini was brilliant. The actors were great. I worked with a lot of the actors and other things. But what I'm saying, just to be clear, is that that's become sort of a representation of what an Italian-American is in a lot of other cinema. Yeah. And that's what holds us back. That's what holds our culture back because there's so much more to our culture than to see stereotypical characters portrayed. Now, of course, that's one brilliant, brilliant show. I have so many other things that are depicted in a different way. There's about, you know, The Godfather, too. It's brilliant. But the realities are if we're trying to push our culture to another level, if we want to push our ancestors to what they what they represented in their struggle, we're much greater than just a stereotypical character. We were artists, we were poets, we were musicians. You know, this is why I went back and did my film, because there's so much to tell in honoring those people. Now, of course, not all movies are like that. There's some amazing, you know, like you look at Cinema Paradiso or you look at even Moonstruck. I mean, these are classic films that don't do that with the stereotypical Italian-American, you know, way. It's what happens is, and, and, and this is just my opinion, and and. Uh, I could be wrong. I don't know. It's an opinion. But I don't want to represent my culture that way. I, I, I want to represent it. There's so there's 99 percent of people that don't act that way or, or work hard or, or just, you know, regular people that live a very, very clean life. And they're artists in a different way. They're, you know, they're poets and they're painters and stuff like sculptors. And I've met many of them in my journeys and actually doing my last film that I just finished. So agreed 100 percent with you. On that, and there's David Chase and Coppola are brilliant. The actors on those shows are brilliant. And yes, it's about family, but there's the broader scope is what I'm saying. That's all the broader. I totally agree with you. And and I will say that it is a shame that because of this, uh, you know, we have such a, an incredible multifaceted culture. And it's like, look at my big fat Greek wedding. Yes. People watch it. And now everybody thinks that Greek people are just like these nice people who don't understand vegetarians and are obsessed with Windex. But we got pigeonholed with this, you know, mob stuff. Right. And it's unfortunate. Yes. So, Rosella, you know, for me as an actor, as a young actor, you know, I got a college degree, I, you know, uh, pretty articulate they only want to cast you what they want to cast you in. So if I wanted to play this or that, they would say, well, you know, you're this, you're that. So I said, you know what? I don't want to be pigeonholed in that way. I don't want to play that part because there's much more to me than that. That's not the life I lived. You know what I mean? So we agree on that. And, and it's, it's a shame because there's some amazing, amazing people and amazing actors that don't act like that and don't talk like that and don't walk like that. And 
unfortunately, because these two films are very successful, there's a big, big follow up on films that just keep copycatting that. For me, I'm one of the people that never watched The Sopranos when it came out because I didn't like the inference. Mm -hmm. And I was really active in the Italian community at the time as a young person. So I was completely against it. Yeah. And it was only when I later met my wife, who was an Italian-American from the Bronx, who had watched it as it aired. And she said, no, you know, you should give it a shot, whatever. I, I think it's a fine show. Brilliant. There's a lot of good performances. See, I'm not a person who puts it in the brilliant category. I, I think it's it's an okay show. Well, the dynamic of this dysfunctional family was brilliant. The performances is what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I you know, but even like for me, it, it just never, never did it for me. I think I've gotten yeah. like halfway through the first season. I keep trying. I really do try. And I think that the thing that always troubled me was what you referenced earlier, which is the impact that it had on Italian Americans who were sort of post assimilation and started to actually have life imitate art yep. and think that this was how they needed to act. And we combat that a lot on our show. We encounter that a lot. Yeah. You know, generations of people looking for definitions of Italian America. And we hope we provide that in an educational and entertaining way. That's what our show is about. That's what our platform's for. But it's interesting that you say this because one of the conversations I had with a couple of actors who were prominent actors in, in The Sopranos for multiple seasons I think I was with Vinny Pastore. I was at a table. Vinny might have been the only one who was in uh, Sopranos. Uh, I was with him, Chaz Palminteri, and Michael Badalucco. And Vinny basically said, like, look, you know, we get a lot of grief as actors for taking these roles. Mm -hmm. But we're working people. We have to feed our families. And he's like, you know, nobody's offered me the role of college professor. Yes. And he said, and the Italian-American community is boycotting these products. And, and, you know, the institutional community is complaining about it. But where are they to put money behind alternatives, right? The other stories. Absolutely. That's my point. Yeah. And he said to me, like, you know, I would love it if instead of complaining about The Sopranos, all these guys who, you know, could open up their checkbooks, financed a movie where I could play Vince Lombardi. But doesn't happen. Absolutely. But at the end of my term at the National Italian American Foundation, we were approached by the ISDA, Italian Sons and Daughters of America, their president, Basil Russo, and his sons, the world-renowned directors, the Russo Brothers. And both NIAF and ISDA put a substantial amount of money behind this Russo Brothers Film Forum yep. to do exactly that, to encourage filmmakers of all ages and all professional experience levels to go out and tell the right stories. And you are the recipient of one of those grants. Yes, and that's why I'm so passionate because it, it was hard for me, Pat and Rosella, to walk away from uh, auditions or parts that were offered, you know, because I felt really, really, you know, it was really difficult for me to go and say, I'd play this part again or play that part again or play this character this way. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to honor good stories. I wanted to honor and represent what I felt was the real people of Italy, the real people of Sicily for myself. Um, there's a certain pride that I like to take. And I made mistakes as a young actor. And, and all they do is they kind of pigeonhole you into these. And what Vinny says is true because they only offer you these little parts and these are the parts you play. They're not putting money behind people. Like I, I wrote six screenplays already based on experiences, not mafioso or those kind of characters based on real other, other characters in the culture. I was just in Sicily doing a documentary on characters that nobody even knows about that. I went there and paid for my own money. It, it, if you're going to do something and you're going to talk about it, you put your money up and you do the work. That's the only way it's going to get done. So I'm grateful to the Russo brothers and, and Mr. Basil Russo, because they did afford me a wonderful grant that helped me 
a lot in getting my uh, my screenplay and my film done. And I traveled to Sicily and I shot that film with non-speaking people. And I did it and everybody told me I was crazy, but it was something that I thought needed to be done to respect your roots, respect the ancestors. And the way that they received me was incredible. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's talk about the project. Ritornato is the name of the, the movie. Yes. It's yes. a short film. It's about 40 some odd minutes. Yes. Yes. It's actually a part of, I wrote a larger screenplay, two hours. But, you know, I knew I was, like, like Vinny says, I knew I was going to get financing. So I said, let me try to figure it out. So I rewrote it. And then when I submitted to the uh, Russo brothers and won the grant, they said, okay, I'm going, I'm done, I'm done. So we went out there with a rewritten kind of story. And it's basically my journey to my grandfather's town that I always heard about as a young boy, as a, you know, as a child, when we used to garden together. And uh, that memory lived in me very, very deeply. And, and uh, after losing my mother, my father, my sister, I was driven to say, I need to find out who I am. I need to go back to touch the land of my grandfather, be in touch with him, to talk to him. And that was that was the the uh, idea of the of the film. And I went and uh, shot the film in four and a half days, with no actors other than myself. And uh, my wife actually had a part in it. She's brilliant in it. And my cousin, who I had met maybe eleven years earlier. And uh, this is what it represents. And and you know to see the reception, I got into submitted to the Taramina Film Festival. They they accepted me. It was beautiful. I just was named honorary citizen in three different cities, a town ambassador. It's all about the work. It's all about representing yourself in the right way and the people that you represent in the right way. For me, that's a big thing. And Ritornato touched the court with a lot of people. And not that it's good or bad. It's probably neither nor, but it's what it represents, the passion by which you want to do something and the want to respect the ancestors and, and your culture in a certain way. So that's what I did it for. And I'll continue to do those projects. But if I, if I could just say, it was a, a thought that I had, and we had a lot of emotional responses. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to get everybody in. But I think that if you take my big fat Greek wedding, what was the point of real curiosity was, mm-hmm. it was a Greek, a Greek mm-hmm. who wrote a story that was really um, a parody of being Greek. Right? Yeah. And it was it was a comedy, but they were characters that it was central casting does the diner. They were very much parodies. Right. And what's the message that comes out of it? And I think that if you take the other series that, that isn't being mentioned, <laughs> that is also a parody. But the, the chain that links the two parodies is the feeling of familiarity. Right. So I watch The Sopranos and I see my people in that. So I'm not saying a criminal aspect. I'm saying the Italian-American community of North Jersey. And the language, the mannerisms, the clothing, it's us. That's you. That's not us. That's you. No, but I'm, not- it, it, it is us. I'm not saying the criminal aspect. No, but that's you in North Jersey. That's not every, every other Italian-American. Sure, but I'm saying, like, if you take Dr. Melfi, Dr. Melfi is not a criminal, right? In that Absolutely show. not. No. She's a, she's a professional, but she's still yeah. someone... 
that you could see walking around Cedar Grove or North Caldwell. Sure. So what, I, what I'm trying to say is that the, the you know, Paul Walnuts, his mother, I forget the character's name, right? That's every old Italian lady I grew up around in my grandmother's generation. So what I'm saying is if you take the parody that is my big fat Greek wedding, right? Mm -hmm. Where I'm sure I'm not Greek, but I have lots of Greek friends and almost to the man, they're connected to a diner in North Jersey. Mm -hmm. I'm sure in those characters, they see an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or their father's friend. The same way that when I see the Sopranos characters, I see people I knew, but they're not necessarily criminals. But what I'm trying to say is that the needing for the feeling of connectivity to a character that they represent me or they show my experience um, or like with Toto is to Naples, right? With Toto is to it's the Neapolitan film, you know, and we had the same thing with Moonstruck, you know, one of the, uh, our, the part of our, our podcast, Dolores, she hates Moonstruck. John and Ro and I love Moonstruck. She feels it parodies us, but I feel that familiarity. I was going to say what John said, that who's to blame? Because we never got behind financially Italian-American artists who wanted to produce visual art, who wanted to produce film and television that maybe kept the essence of who we were, but didn't paint us in a per se criminal light. Absolutely. And if you take the PBS series on the Italian-Americans, yes, it took us forever to raise the money. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the, Jew- the Jewish Americans did it in an afternoon and we took, we took us over a decade. So really, I, the, the problem is us. Right. In so many That's ways. exactly right. Exactly. That's my point. That's what I was trying to say. It's like the only way things can change is from us. The only thing that we could do to help each other is us. So it's like the National Italian American Federation can give you $8,000. At least they're giving you something. Mm-hmm. But all the Italian Americans that, that came here, here here's what, it, what really mystifies me. In the 60s, when you know the first group of emigration in the 20s and 30s, all those actors in the 60s, the De Niro's, Pacino's and everything, all the people were behind them because they were the new immigrant. You know what I mean? They were the newer culture. And then things changed. And now in the 2000, 2010, we're like just part of, you know, immersed into this American culture. They made us white people. Exactly. And we I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I disagree we're with you on that. You don't think so? No, we're white. Well, I'll mean? tell we're you white. why. What's the first thing you noticed about me? My accent, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I have a law degree. I got a doctoral yes. degree. And I teach at a university. And people assume I, I'm stupid because of my accent. Exactly. Every exactly. room I walk into, I'm dumb. And then they, they put you into, if you're, if you're me, then you must be my cousin Vinny, right? Pat, stop one second. Go Please. ahead. It's a brilliant say because that's exactly what they do when you walk into an audition room. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That's my point. Yeah. That's my point. It's that no matter where you go, if you are Italian, if your last name's with a vowel, you have an Italian name, they put you in this little pigeonhole because they're so ingrained in their head seeing the Godfather and seeing these movies and seeing this way of talk that that's all you can do. That's they're like this. And what I'm saying, I agree with you. The only way we could change that is by doing projects that don't put us in this little box. Yeah, I, we got to get out with checkbooks. All respect to you that you said it because my last film, even though they gave me the $8,000, the rest of the money came out of my pocket. This other film that I just did, all the money came out of my pocket. The next one I'm doing, all the money's coming out. I don't care because you know what? For me, that's the only way you, you can express truly what you want to express the way you want to express. Otherwise, they're going to put conditions and stereotypes on your head and you're going to be this character for the rest of your life. So you're 100% correct. So I think that those things are true if you're an artist across the board, because yes. I, I feel like I face the same things in publishing because you're, you write a book proposal 
And even when it's a cookbook, it's like this cookbook's too Italian. No one's going to buy this cookbook. And exactly, you want to create things because you know that there's an audience and trying to convince other people that there's an audience is sometimes the hardest work that you have to do. Rose, so when I did Ritonato, everybody told me I was crazy. It doesn't, hey, who cares? It doesn't mean anything. It's no big deal. You're going to go to Sicily. Why? You're never going to do it. And you know what I found? It didn't matter if you were Italian, Sicilian, Chinese, Spanish. Everybody comes from a place. Everybody has roots. Everybody gets that comfortable feeling or that feeling of your heartbeats when you come to a place that your grandfather told you about. And for me, that's what I'm saying. It's not so much, they stereotype, but we all have emotions. How do we move people in stories with our emotions? Yes, you, you are incurring the same kind of stuff that we are as far as writing a book and you're Italian. How do we use a story to move people? How do we use a story to show that we're not just this box? Because we transcend this box because us as a culture is the greatest culture in the world. Uh, we've exhausted so many times on this show. The point of the matter is Italian-Americans, a lot of them have been very cheap. And Italians who could have cut the checks didn't. You're right. It's just our culture. We keep it in the family. And we didn't support the arts. Yes. We didn't support. I, I have an Italian-American friend who's working on a PBS documentary. Yes. And he said that he'll be on an airplane with Italian-Americans who will poo-poo what he's doing. Like, oh, oh, that's like, well, who's going to watch that? He said someone who's Jewish is sitting right next to him. They'll, they'll talk to him for four hours flying out to California. Absolutely, because they are a culture who contributes to their own fine arts, who support it. They support their culture with financial contribution. He goes, I have an easier time getting a donation from someone who's Jewish than someone who's Italian-American. Exactly. And that's shame on us. Shame exactly. on us. Well, so my thing uh, is everybody's complaining about this movie, that movie. And you know what? And I'm not talking about you. you you're working. I'm saying about the people who could do it. Then why don't you say to uh, someone like you, here's 100000 I want to invest in your film. You know, it's funny. I sent my film, Ritonato, to Lionsgate. Because I wrote a series. I have a series that I wrote about it. So I have episodes behind. And the guy says, it's the most beautiful film he's ever seen. He goes, but, you know... We only want to do like, we want to see like mafia and this and that. And I, I, I mean, I smile. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. But another thing that's a failure on our part is the guys that came before us, the guys that, you know, that are working out the Pacinos, the De Niro's, all those guys that went on the shoulders of the Italian American community and did films there. They've made their 25, 30, 50, 75, hundred million dollars. Where are they to support the young artists? Where are they to say, hey, this is a great story. Let's get it done. I know some people do it. And I know the other cultures do it. The Latino culture, the Chinese, the African-American are all helping each other. Italian-American? No one. No one. I wish I could say you were wrong, but we all know you're right. I wish it's I could horrible say to say. Show, but... We do have a short memory in that way as a people <laughs> when it comes to philanthropy, because like, I, I, I know a lot of these guys do self-identify in various levels. You know, like I had a meeting when I was at NIAF with Martin Scorsese, and yeah. uh, we talked about his commitment to Italian cinema and film in Italy, obviously. Right. But we didn't talk about a commitment to Italian-American storytelling. And I feel like a lot of times we have this syndrome as a community where it's like I've made it through the threshold and I'm not looking back. Yes. And we don't reach back to help those behind us in line. And that's something that, you know, we're always conscious of here on the show and uh, conscious of in the philanthropic work that we do in the Italian-American community. It's super important. I used to say when I was at NIAF, every time we would have a class of uh, scholarship winners, 
or students who were selected to go on our voyage discovery trip to Italy for the first time, if I'd meet them, I would always say to them, look, you need to understand, this is not a gift or a reward. This is not something you're getting for how great you are at this point in your life. This is an investment in you by a very aware portion of our community. So you need to understand that when you receive this, you've got a responsibility to look backwards to the next generation and make sure that they're active in the community because it just doesn't happen. I just hired a tiny American kid to work with me on my project because he's so passionate. And I said, come on, work with me. He has no experience, but I'm trying, I'm trying to help who I can help. You know, I go to Sicily and I meet the mayors and I do this and I do this on my own dime. I make it happen. I go out there and search people. I work my ass off, but we need help. Yeah. We need yeah. help. We need help in the in the community. If we want to tell good stories and we want to tell whatever kind of stories we want to tell, she want Ro wants to write books, whatever. We need help. We need people to fund us and back us and and come together because this is the only way the culture survives it and doesn't get lost in the American, you know, melting pot. Yeah, it, this is what's happening, you know, unfortunately. The ways to do that is to start with yourself. I think it's it's super important. You know, we're talking about these things, but uh, you have to also look inside yourself and say, I'm a successful person, and now I'm going to try and help someone else. Absolutely. Because I think as Italian-Americans, we get bogged down and like, nobody helps me. I did it on my own and stuff. And it's easy to get that way. Believe me, it's so easy because when you spend – so much time working so hard towards something and no, you feel like no one's really listening to you. It is very easy to become jaded, mm-hmm. but there are people out there that are interested in helping. Like I, I wouldn't be writing a third book if it weren't for Adriana Trajani, you know, who believed in me, another tremendous Italian American, you know, 16 times uh, New York times bestselling author. And, you know, she helps me. I, I'm not a, and I'm not ashamed to say it. And, you know, you're a prolific filmmaker, and one day I think you're going to help somebody else because you know how it feels. Absolutely. Now. No question. No question. You're 100% correct. That's why I go and do it on my own. I go and I journey to Sicily, and I spend all this money, and I got all these characters. But it doesn't matter because it's, it's an affair of the heart, and you do it because it means something. You know, and, and hopefully at the end of these journeys, at some point, somebody says, hey, you know what? We want to back this little project you want to do. That's what you hope for, but you can't live for that. you got to do the work. And it also comes back to okay, what kind of stories are we doing when we do the work? You know, what kind of stories are we telling when we do the work? You know what I mean? You know, you've been taking this film around now through the community, through things like the Russo Brothers Grant. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know last year they didn't do the actual screenings in Mm -hmm. D.C. because of Mm -hmm. COVID. Mm -hmm. But I I noticed as we were doing, uh, I was doing some extra reading on the project, you were uh, not that long ago in Omaha, Nebraska with the Italian American community there. You know, we have our YouTube series, Greetings from Italian America, where we travel around Little Italy's and Italian enclaves in the country. Mm-hmm. Omaha was not on my hit list, but after seeing the welcome you received, it looked like a great place for us to add on. First of all, tell us a little bit about Omaha's Italian community, but also what has the reaction been with the Italian community to the film? Oh, they were crazy. They went crazy. And, and uh, only because, and there's only a few select people that are old enough to understand what it means to uh, immigrate. And, and and get it, you know. It's what I, I keep saying, nobody understands. Because the generations and generations are not, they don't realize the struggle. They think that we just appeared here. Like, we just came here. Like, there was nothing else before that or after that. 
but there was a select few people that are really trying to do good work. And I think my film kind of inspired them a little bit more to say, hey, what are you doing? Let's go. And I think there's a, there's an idea, there's a pulse there that maybe they could do something, um, trying to keep things alive. They're really, really trying. But that's what I'm saying, John, in all communities, there's a, there's a, there's a communities out there that if you just go there, we can electrify it, make it alive again, or make the feelings alive again. And that's happened in several places where I went. And that was Omaha was one. I know there's people in Chicago and other places that feel the same. But if they don't have a vision or they don't have something to express or show, like if you show them a film, like, wow, this brings me back. All of a sudden they get excited and they want to try to do more. And that's what we try to do. You know, that's what the film was all about. Pat mentioned earlier the PBS four-hour, four-part series, Italian Americans, mm-hmm. which I was involved with a little bit uh, of the promotion when I was at NIAF. And, you know, like he said, nobody wanted to give money in the community. There was all this sort of back and forth. But when it did come out, uh, I remember the results coming, you know, the, the, the ratings coming in early. And because we were working on the post-release uh, promotion, I got to share in those numbers. And you couldn't believe the uptick in outreach that we got. And we only had a, a mention, a thank you in the end. We didn't even have a commercial in the beginning or anything. But, you know, the awareness was there. And, and I can't tell you how many Italian Americans I interact with now who are listeners to the show or watch our YouTube series. And they... If you ask them, 99% out of 100 will tell you, yes, I saw that four hours. It was so wonderful. It reengaged me. So, you know, throughout all the obstacles, creating that kind of content is so important for who we are. And that's why we do what we do. Yes. And it's a privilege for me to be here with you guys because I've missed a couple of times. I know that we were supposed to do it and cancel. I cancel. You cancel. But, you know, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, vehicle you guys are are creating for people to come here and express their feelings and, and share their art and I've been asked to speak all over the world, all over the world. And, you know, Karate Kid, being a Karate Kid, I guess, is some kind of famous, you know, being, being associated with that and, and whatever has, has actually lended me the opportunity to talk to young kids about roots and about feelings and about things. And, and I've had conversations with kids in like India and London. And they're like, you know, I didn't think you would want to talk to me because I'm, I'm Muslim. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, it doesn't matter to me where you're from. Yeah. You know, I said, we all have a place that we come from. I said, did you ever go to this place? Did you ever go to India? He goes, no. I said, you should try to go and find out who you are. So for me, it resonates across the board from any culture that we we come from a place and we should all know the history of that place. And we should try to represent it in the best way, in my opinion. So these conversations have been really magical for me to it opened the doors to so many, so many people and conversations and meeting different people from all walks of life and, and you know, poets and writers and screen, you know, and Peter, uh, filmmakers and artists. I mean, there's so many talented people out there. It's incredible, you know, and, and we need to we need to keep pushing forward whatever way we can. Fall favorites are back on Mediaset Italia. All the shows you love to cozy up on the couch with. Italian family favorites whipped up in the kitchen with cotto e mangiato. All eyes are back on the Grande Fratello Veep House with a brand new season and a fresh crop of contestants. A double dose of Maria De Filippi with the return of new episodes of Amici and Uomini e Donne. And the game show that puts you in the hot seat, Caduta Libera, and host Jerry Scotti will test your wits. 
Media City Italia has all the best entertainment from Italy year-round. Call your local television provider and ask for the channel today. What was it like working with non-actors in Sicily? You went back to your ancestral town. It's Limina, is the name of the town? It's called Limina. 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 Limina, okay. Yeah. And you cast the movie with non-actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Limina is in the province of Messina. That's my grandfather's ancestral town. Um, yeah, I cast it with non-actors and my cousin, who's a non-actor and, uh, non-speaking, you know, nobody speaks English. So that was, a, and I don't speak fluently. So that was a little difficult, <laughs> but, uh, and also it was the first time that I directed a movie and written a movie and, uh, you know, I've acted obviously before, but so that was a, that was an interesting thing. And, um, but quite honestly, it was the greatest experience in my life because is what I always say is that emotionally we were on the same page. Emotionally, they understood. I would write them little notes. And Google Translate, the history and the story, and they were like, you could see it. And there was something that made them so proud that one of their own came back to represent them. And to me, that's the magic. That's the, yeah. It really, really, it, it closes the gap again of America and Sicily, America and Italy. It closes the gap and, and makes us one. And, and, you know, I always say, I said, you know, it, it was an incredible experience and probably the greatest experience I ever had working on a film. And the people were genuine and they understood it and they wanted to be, they wanted it to be special. And they were, they were. And, and, uh, you know, having my cousin who was not an actor try to do it. I was a little nervous, but you know what? He was great. He was great. He did well. And, uh, it it was a lot easier than I thought it was, would be. Um, but maybe because we prepared so much, I prepared a, a great deal. And a lot of it was put on me as far as acting and saying the dialogue, but, um, to be there, to shoot it there, you know, where my grandfather's streets are in front of his house, it was pretty special. What did the locals think? What uh, is he were, doing here? Why is he interested? Like, what was... Yeah, that was the... You know, it's funny, Patrick, it's a good question. When I first went, it was very bizarre. Because and I, my first time there was 2010. And then I never said anything that I was an actor. I never said anything. I just went to see the town. And then as time progressed, and I met when I met my cousin... People started to know a little bit about me, blah, blah, blah. And I went back every year for 10 years, 11 years. So when I said I was shooting the movie, they thought I was crazy. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you, crazy? So now I'm going to shoot a movie. So when I came back and we, we, we were ready for production and started to shoot, they were like still unsure. Like, is this really happening? Is, this, is he really doing this year? You know, and then this year when I went back, like two months ago, I finally got a chance to, to show it in the piazza. And... I can't tell you the, the response of the older, the people that, you know, 70, 80 years old and, and people that were like, wow, wow. And they see their, they see their own, you know, their own town and they see the people that they knew or the people that they know that passed away in the last year, whatever. It was really moving. And then I, that after the show, they, you know, they gave me honorary citizenship and, and uh, you know, the mayor was there. We talked a lot and, and um, they feel like, they're proud that somebody like me represents Lehman because I did it in a very, very honorable way. I didn't ask them for anything. I just said, can I please just shoot here? I never asked for anything else. Just please let me shoot and I'll do everything else. So now they came back to me and they want me to do another thing. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to have the Sicilian version of Hollywood. Yeah. And they, exactly. And they're, and you know, they're going to finance it and whatever. So I said, okay. But when I tell them what it's going to cost, they're like, what? So, you know, <laughs> listen, you know, what, what it all comes down to, guys, is that 
that we're just trying, we're all together trying to do the same thing in a positive way. And I'm so honored to be here with you and humble that there's people like you that are like, kind of like me thinking, trying to figure it out and to try to keep working. And, and I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep doing the work that I love representing the people in the best way that I can. And uh, Pat, forgive me for being so against stereotypical behavior. I'm sorry, but that's, and Ro, I'm sorry, but that's how I feel. Um, no, my no, career- no. We're much more. No. I'm on the same page. Okay. No, of my career- no, no. I'm tr- what I'm trying to say is it's a, it's three of the podcast episodes. What I'm trying to say is that you're doing something positive. Italian Americans, if you didn't have to go and pander to people in Hollywood who want to cast you in a certain way, if Italian Americans say, listen, I don't want to tolerate this constant unrelenting portrayal of Italian Americans in a negative light. So I'm going to get my checkbook because, you know, I have the money and I can fund this. How many Italian Americans don't contribute to Italian American causes? So don't go out there and complain and bellyache. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm so disgusted in a mafia movie when some of these people could easily contribute to this, but they're nowhere to be found. It took us so long to raise money for PBS film Italian Americans. I'll That's tell you it. what. I'm done. I just, <laughs> but we're all on the same page with this. Yeah. Pat, great point. And I'm going to tell you what I did. It just, it's a, it's a great point. And I, uh, uh, my two hour movie, I had a director attached to it. And he came in one day and he started telling me about this meeting that he had. And it was all about demeaning Italian Americans. The whole thing he was doing, what he was doing, how he's representing the culture. And I'm looking at him thinking, wow. You don't have to take this part. You don't have to do this. You're very successful in this business. And I said, I said, you know what you're doing? You're pushing us down another three feet. Yeah. Guys like you taking parts like this are, are, are saying it's okay. They were saying on the set that he had to dress a certain way because he had to be stereotypical. And they said, you have to do your hair this way. And you have to do this. Meanwhile, the other characters were Latino and they were not, being pushed in a stereotypical way. They were representing them the way they wanted to be represented in a very nice way. But meanwhile, he's being demeaned as the Italian American. And I looked at him and I was, I was like baffled. I was like, wow. And I turned around and then a couple of weeks later I said, listen, I can't have you involved in this project anymore. Can't do it. Because to me, that's what I'm saying. If you don't need to do something and you don't need the money, you know what? Say no and say, let's do something better. Let's do something else. That's all I'm saying. I agree. We're on the same page. We are not a people that picks up its head against these kind of things. It's a recurring theme in our struggle to to really get it right. And and we talk about it a lot here on the show. I have to say I'm really proud of my small involvement in the Russo Brothers Film Forum and all the projects that we've seen there. I mean, we've spoken to documentarians. To John, I'm proud of you, man, because to... without you, maybe I don't get it. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I all I did was the paperwork, but it was really their idea. But... It's a great it's a great legacy to leave, and it's doing so much. I mean, there's hundreds of applicants every year, eight films selected each year to get the grant money. Winners were announced today, as a matter of fact, for the 2021 oh, finalists. That's what three, three finalists, yep. And uh, so now that you've done this, mm-hmm. now that you've created this piece and mm-hmm. you've taken it around, tell us before we go where our audience can see the movie sure. and what's next for you. Okay, so the, you'll be able to see the movie in the next couple of weeks on RetornatoTheMovie.com. My film Retornato will be available for rental in the first week of October. 
You can also go check the website to just look behind the scenes, get some photos, read about the stories, a lot of press. So uh, check back, uh, take a look at it, write to me. I'd love to hear you guys. Also, I just did my second film, a documentary on Central Sicily that I'm working on to try to finish out of my own pocket again. That hopefully will be done in, in uh, I was actually wanted to call the people, Gabrielle, I wanted to call her and now I have to see if she'd help me try to get this finished. Maybe you can help me with that, John. I don't know. Maybe you can help me with that. Yeah. So that'll be done hopefully uh, by the summertime. So I'll have another film to show. Um, and I also have another project that I'm doing. Probably start that in sometime in July. So just kind of keep working. All Italian projects, Sicilian projects based on our culture. Nothing more, nothing less. That's what it is. Well, that's a beautiful thing. And for three people who have chosen to live their lives from all different backgrounds educationally we've all become professional italian americans and it sounds like you're a fourth so you add to the list and by the way i'll be moving to i'll be moving to sicily i, I was already looking for for houses last month when i was there so i'll probably be there in the next year or so god bless i, I wish one day god spares i'll do the same thing you i'll find my little place in sicily and uh nobody will find me i'll, I'll call in zoom for all these shows and that'll be the end of me yeah. because it's a great place to be and, and, and a great place for you to share stories from. Yes. It's, it's a, a, a wealth of stories and history and personalities and experiences and, and all of Italy is. And uh, I'm always proud to interact with Italian-Americans who are doing that. So thank you for what you're doing. I'm really looking forward to seeing the film. And I hope everybody out there gets a chance to go on the website and uh, watch along with us because I know we're going to be watching as soon as it's live. So, Michael, thank you for being here. And uh, we look forward to the next stuff. Thank you so much. It's an honor for me to be with you guys and keep doing great work. And uh, just a privilege to be with some great people. Thank you. Glad to add you to the list of professional Italian-Americans. I hope everybody out there enjoyed this first episode in Italian-American Heritage Month. We got a lot more planned for the month of October. A lot of exciting stuff, and we're looking forward to sharing this wonderful month with all of you out there. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 Who's that, Pat? You're crazy, Pat. Ta-da! Yeah, I am crazy. <laughs> that's, I am crazy. That's his rye exit. That's my rye exit. I am crazy. Absolutely. And your life will be great. See that you're born in Italiano and...